Welcome to the Blackburn Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Audrey Blackburn, and during this time, I'm going to share with you all the things that I wish I'd been told when I started a business. I'm the owner of Blackburn Consulting Accounting and Tax. There are so many things that I wish I knew when I started a business six years ago, and I want to make sure that you don't make the same mistakes I do. And along the way, I'm going to share all my lessons I've learned, all the joys, all the struggles, just pretty much everything what goes into being a boss. Thanks for joining us. So the biggest thing I learned during this time of growth is if you're going to grow, a lot of that growth is going to come in the form of challenges and issues. And that's probably one that I knew mentally and, and, you know, intellectually, but I really didn't realize how bad that one would land. (laughs) So when you're growing a business and when you're growing personally, you know, and you're honing your character, you're learning new skills, all that kind of things, you've got to be okay with screwing up. You got to be okay with making mistakes. And I don't know what your personality is like, but mine does not like to make mistakes. Making mistakes feels like failure, but it's not because the biggest way to fail is to not take the risk and not be willing to make mistakes. If you're going to succeed in business, you're going to have to make mistakes because you're going to have to try things and figure out, oh, that was a really bad idea. And those mistakes may be people you hire. They may be services that you offer. They may be boundaries that you don't set (laughs) with clients or staff, or family, or whoever. They may be boundaries that you don't set for yourself as to how much you're taking care of you. So those are all things that you've got to be okay with. You've got to be okay with losing money. Because what I have found, you can prepare and plan for growth. Just like I was prepared and had money put back to go out and lease an office one day. I was paying myself well. I had really good profit in the business, really good profit. And I had honed all of that down and had that in a solid space. But the moment that I leased an office space, that got shook up, as it will. Because now I've got a staff person, a full-time staff person that I got to make sure that I pay their payroll every time payroll comes up. And I, of all people, am very aware of that. And I talk to my clients all the time about, do not hire an employee until you can pay their salary for at least six months, even if you had no more money coming in. And so I was prepared for that as well. I Again, like I said before, I didn't jump into this as a poor financial decision. This was not something that I did and got in over my head financially. Um, I had prepared and I had planned and I had done all the things. I had a reserve fund, all that. And remember, we're in the middle of COVID, so I wasn't really sure what was gonna happen um, with people needing an accountant, if they were gonna pull back because a lot of businesses were um, in, 
you know, bad states and stuff. We didn't know what the government was doing. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole nother discussion in and of itself. We didn't know what the IRS was doing. We didn't know what anyone was doing. And as we know now, there was so much that came out of that with PPP loans, people needing help with that, people needing help um, how to navigate shutdowns and loans and grants that were available, assistance that was available to small businesses, restaurants, different things, changes in tax law. Gosh, y'all, like there has been so much change in the tax code in the past three years that it's unreal. and. It's brought it to a head, I feel like, where it's hard enough for a professional to understand it, but the average business owner or the average individual is just lost on a lot of this stuff. And what they know about tax law is what they've heard from their friends or from MSNBC or from CNN or something like that. And it's not always accurate. And it's not always the whole picture. You know, I get called all the time with questions from people. Well, my neighbor said I can take such and such. Or I was told, and that's always what I hear. I was told, they don't say from whom, um, but you know it's not someone who's an expert. Because then what follows is some gross atrocity of a tax law. Or, <laughs> you know, I was told that I can take off all of my clothes that I buy for to wear to work every day, because I have to buy them to wear to work, I can take those off as a deduction. Uh, generally, people, the answer is no. Unless those clothes cannot be worn outside of work, and I mean like a true uniform, and if they're branded and they have your company logo on them, then you can uh, look about writing those off for the business as a business expense. You know, if you've got everybody branded polo shirts that they wear every day um, and, a, and slacks that, you know, are specific part of a uniform or you have plumbers or electricians that, you know, that's your business and they have uniforms. Those kinds of things are deductible. But just the average Joe or Jill, in my case, because I work with women-owned businesses and women-led nonprofits, I had a client that because she had to dress extremely well for the clients that she dealt with, she was trying to write off all of her dresses, her purses, her hair appointments, her nail appointments, and her expensive four and five hundred dollar shoes. And no, you can't do that. <laughs> so those are the kind of things that came out of the pandemic and I think actually came about long before the pandemic. So I, I go back to the fact that no one knew how things were going to change. Tax codes changing, accounting's changing. Gosh, everybody was learning how to use Zoom for the first time, right? Myself, I've been using Zoom forever, so it was no big deal to me. But there were so many people that this technology was so new to them. And now you've got people who are adjusted to that and don't want to go back to the workplace, right? So... We've, we've had issues all over the place, and those created issues for me as well. One, my workflow increased astronomically, and I couldn't foresee that when I moved from the house 
you know, to that location. Some of it was because I moved into a location and now I'm very visible to people driving up and down the road and they're curious, who is this? What does she do? Um, then I had people who've always been referring to me over the years that were sending me business. And now because of all these changes and the PPP and the, the, all that kind of stuff that we had, I had people reaching out, needing help for that, that, you know, maybe they were a past client, maybe they were a current client, just lots going on. I did not take into account how long it takes to train an employee. Now, if you have a good employee, um, you can sometimes train them rather quickly, you know, because they know how to do the job in and of itself as far as the work, like accounting or taxes or payroll or whatever, right? You know, if you hire a waitress and they've been a waitress before, they know how to waitress. They know how to serve people. They know how to um, do that kind of stuff. But Regardless, you have to always train people to your business. And that's something that I didn't think about as much. I, I did and I didn't. I just didn't think it was going to take as long. I also didn't take into account that what I consider to be basic skills for someone in my field not everyone does. Not everyone has those skills. They say they do, but they don't. And just because someone is a 30-year veteran of a field doesn't mean they've done things that you want them to do. And what I mean by that is if you've worked in corporate accounting and you've went to work every day and you were told exactly how to do your job letter by letter, um, you had a process, you followed it. You're really not an accountant in the, in the fact of the type of accounting I do, okay? Doesn't mean you're not an accountant. That may be your job title. But your accounting that you do is very different from the accounting I do. Because those people go to work, they're told what to do. They just carry out a task or a function. They just follow a process. They know how to follow instructions. And they get into that uh, day after day thing. Um, and I think about my time, like I when I worked at, um, at Wake Forest University Medical System, right? So, um, or as we refer to around here, Baptist Hospital. I worked in budget. And budget was a little bit more um, interesting than some of the other departments. But frankly, I got bored out of my mind working there. Because I had the same task I was tasked with every week, every day, every month, and I just was supposed to follow this process that had been honed out for me to do and do as I was told and get my work done. And then after that, I went to my boss and would ask, what else do you have for me to do? Which a lot of times he didn't have anything for me to do. And for me, that's very boring. For some people, that's very comforting. They love to go to work. They know exactly what they're going to do from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And they can just follow the process. But for me, that's checking out. So my type of work is extremely challenging because people come at me with all kinds of questions, all kinds of challenges, all kinds of issues. And frankly, I love it. I never get bored. But small business accounting is not boring. 
because there's so many challenges to it. There's so many different industries. There's so many different personalities. There's so many different um, parts and pieces to their accounting, their bookkeeping, their payroll, their tax, everything that we have to look at things differently. And where I feel like I'm there to help solve those problems for the business owner, to help them do the things they don't know how to do, to help them learn and grow, and to help them build profit in their business, to have a reserve fund, to plan for those employees they want to hire. All the things I did for my business, that's what I seek to do for other business owners. And then I also work with nonprofits, which are completely different organization and their accounting is completely different. Their needs are completely different. And, you know, having so many years of experience working in nonprofits, I, I understand them. I understand them extremely well. Uh, all the various types of those. And there are lots of different nonprofits as well. They're not all the same and their needs are not all the same. So that being said, one of the biggest lessons I learned in year one was that, you know, not only the staffing issues that I wasn't planning um, to have to partake in and, and deal with and just uh, honestly put me at my max of trying to problem solve and help people um, to, to get them where I needed them to be, but also, um, you know, it, it made me realize that what I do is a huge skill set. What I do, there is a big expertise level to it. And it's not developed overnight. And it's not developed in five years or 10 years. I mean, I've been working in this field for 30, over 30 years. And I have worked in so many different small businesses and so many different nonprofits over the years. And I've consulted and been a contractor and I've been an employee. I've done so many different things. It has brought for me, I realized a very unique skill set. Plus, I'm an avid learner. Like, if you get me bored, the first thing I go to is reading and learning. When I'm bored, I will find something new to learn. I will find something to read. I will find a software program to learn or to learn better. I hone my skills. That's how I've always been. That's how I handle boredom. And as a child, I read a lot. Um, like I said, I, I like to go inward, right? And so my mind for me is where I go. And um, I love learning. Not everyone's that way. And not everyone learns the same way, you know. And so I knew all these things intellectually, but applying that with employees, man, <laughs> that has been the hardest thing is figuring out one is the person that you're getting ready to hire is their skill set really truly what's going to work for your business number one number two of that what they've got on that paper and you may interview them multiple times I've checked out people I've hired pretty thoroughly. I've background checked them. I do all that kind of stuff because I do deal with people's financial information. So I want to make sure I've got trustworthy employees. But I also check out, did they work where they said they work? You know, do they have good references? Did they go to college or not go to college? Whatever they said they did on their resume, did they do it? And a lot of times, yes, 
they did do all these things. But it doesn't tell you the deeper picture of what they did day to day and what kind of autonomy they had or didn't have. Um, and I've learned that some people are truly the type of employee where they expect to come to work, be told every single thing to do, make zero decisions upon themselves, because frankly, they're not necessarily capable of making the decisions, or they are and they simply don't want to. I've learned that um, people learn differently. Some are visual, some are, are you know, learn by paper and reading, I, and I get that. But what I also learned is some learn in-person hands-on while others can learn from a webinar or a Zoom. And I say in-person hands-on, meaning they need a teacher in front of them with the computer going through things step by step and not on a Zoom. If it's on a Zoom, they zone out, right? Um, and so, yeah, even though I intellectually knew those things, I've always heard we all learn different. I always was aware of that. You know, they even tell you in marketing, you need to say what you're going to say a million different ways because people, it takes on average 14 times for somebody to hear something before they actually hear it and absorb it and go, oh, I need that. And I think it's the same way with learning. We've got to hear things a, a lot of different ways. So, I learned to adapt my style of teaching to staff in many different ways to try to help them. But I'm going to be honest, it's been very frustrating because while I knew dealing with staff was difficult because I had done it in the past, I also always had someone above me that I could go to and say, oh my gosh, this is going on. What the heck do I do? <laughs> Whereas when you own your own business, there is no one to go to. You can call an expert, um, which I have many I surround myself with, which I don't care what it is. Surrounding yourself with experts is a good idea. I have surrounded myself with an HR consultant and an HR attorney. And I've done that because I don't always know the right answer to how to handle a situation. And there's been times where I've handled things wrong and had to go to an HR attorney and say, okay, how, how do I handle this going forward now that I've done X? Or, oh my gosh, this is a situation with an employee. What do you think? And I have found through all that, that most times, um, when I'm thinking of letting someone go, uh, the HR attorney or the HR consultant is like, oh my gosh, I would have let them go like six months ago. <laughs> so that's what I mean when I say I have found I am way too kind and way too forgiving and letting people not be what I need them to be as an employee before I move on, right? And that's huge because where the most money went out the door for my business from August of 2020 till now, uh, April of 2022 is in staffing. Most of that money was a waste. And I say it was a waste because it did not move my business forward. They were ill fits of employees for one reason or the other. And it just didn't work. Now, I've got to the place where I have good staff. And that's a blessing. So I tell myself every day it wasn't a waste because I had to learn those lessons. 
Um, I had to figure out what was not a good fit in order to be able to find what it is a good fit. And I've also learned something, again, that I've always known, but it really sunk in this year, which is an employee is not going to care about your business nowhere near as much as you are, nor should they. It's not their business. It's not their livelihood. It's not their baby. So don't set the expectations for them that they're going to care about coming to work like you do or that they're going to get as excited about things that you do. So a lot of what I've learned in this past, you know, year and a half is really around employees. It really is. Um, and I think that's why so many of us don't hire. I know for me, it was exactly why I didn't hire for so long. I didn't want to deal with this mess. I didn't have the mental capacity, bandwidth, uh, mental fortitude, whatever you want to call it, to deal with the problems that I know that would come with employees. But when I jumped in and did it, it has been good. As much as there's been bad, it has been good. Uh, finding the right employee is a godsend. And having someone that their personality is amazing and works and works for your company and works for you is great. You know, it really is. So if that's where you're at today, I say hang in there. It will get better. Um, surround yourself with the experts. Know the law. I am very well versed in HR and have been over the span of my career, but I still surrounded myself with HR consultants, with resources, with HR attorney, all the people that I could call and pay to give me the advice that I needed. And I don't care what you're facing today, whether it's um, financial related, HR related with staffing, whether it's, you know, Tr trying to figure out mindset, growing your business, whatever. If you need a business coach, whatever you need, hire the expert. It, it's worth it. And it helps to know in this business that you're not alone. And that is one of the things that was hard during the pandemic and has been hard as I've grown this business is there's no other owner but me. And so there's a lot of days it does feel lonely. So if you're facing that today, hang in there and stay tuned. I've got more lessons to come. Thank you for listening to the Blackburn Boss Podcast. If you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, that would be so helpful Leaving reviews on iTunes actually boosts the podcast and has it shown to more people and puts it in the rotation of iTunes so that it gets out there and we get known and we get more listeners. So if you could go do that today, that would be amazing. If you want to check us out further, you can follow us on the web at www.blackburnconsultingnc.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at Blackburn Boss. Have a great day.